Welcome to Empowered, by women, for women. This podcast brings you inspirational women and their stories, their successes and their experiences along the way. Join us to be challenged and inspired. Brought to you by Invintage and hosted by myself, Trudy Kerr. Today, we are launching this podcast with Crystal's very own story. Most of you will know that Invintage has become a household name in Malta, But what you might not know is that Invintage comes from very humble roots and is based on some key fundamental principles. So Crystal Penza is here to share her story with us and so much more. Crystal, thank you so much. I'm so excited. (laughs) So am I, Trudy. Here I am, ready to get them started. (laughs) We we got here. We absolutely got here. And I'm thrilled because this podcast that we've been talking about um, talking about women to women and successes and all these stories is really, really exciting. It's something that we really should be doing more of. Yes. Um, for me, it's not just um, vintage, not just a brand. For me, it's a passion, you know, and I find my passion through our story. You know, it brings me so much um, energy and motivation. Like sometimes I, I was, we were just laughing about I need to take a chamomile so that I can calm down, you know, so that I, everyone can start up. <laughs> I'm not too much for anyone around me. I'm like, you're ah, taking chamomile and I'm taking caffeine. Um, well, listen, you just mentioned right there, you talked about the, the Invintage story. So let's kick off with that because mm-hmm. a lot of people do know Invintage is a household name. Well, a lot of people don't know it's a Maltese brand I found out recently. Seriously? Yes. And in fact, um, it's, it's now, I mean, now I can say it's what my pride and joy, especially not just for myself, for the team, you know, that a Maltese brand has managed to, to make it so far. And it's like the fact that they don't even know it's a Maltese brand is, is a good thing as well because they compare, they compete, we compete with international brands as well, you know. And so for us, it's, it's, a, a, it's even more But before we get there, before we get oh, to sorry. the success, <laughs> let's talk about the backstory because I happen to know this. We've had this story. Tell me how Invintage came about because it wasn't always big shops and beautiful displays. It had very humble roots. Yes, we started nine years ago. Um, as soon as I had my daughter, Francesca, I needed some flexibility with my, uh, with my hours. Which I, I taught, you know, I'd, I'd have more flexibility. <laughs> and that was the plan. There's always a plan. And, um, and basically, branding is what I knew how to do. Together with, with my husband, who, uh, who's, very, um, who's more on the digital side of the business, um, uh, we set up the website back then. We had the website, and I remember, you know, you, you, you launch the website, you launch, and you say, hey, yeah, when is the first sale coming in? You know, and luckily, we had the first sale on the first day. And I said, like, what, this is it? And he said, no, Creed, it's really good. We had the sale on the first day. I'm like, okay, let's celebrate. But before we get there, because I've got lots of questions to ask about so, that uh, first yes. retail space, let's go even further back. You've just had your daughter, and you've decided that you wanted to have the biggest jewellery brand no, in Malta. Everyone thought I was going crazy. But why jewellery? Where did this brainchild come from? Let's start right no, at the very my beginning. My roots, I mean, the companies I used to work for, I used to sell jewellery. First I used to sell, I spent, uh, after university, I spent three, four years selling designer, luxury, um, cosmetics and perfumery. So there I learned, I learned branding. I learned how to build a brand, to brand guidelines from all aspects of it. 
And I, I, I really learned how to appreciate the beauty of a brand, the holistic approach to it. And then I moved on to the jewelry and the watch business. And when I did so, I was seeing a niche. I said, like, how can this business be as good as the perfume and the cosmetics? And yet the branding here is still so un- less of a level, you know, it's not, it wasn't the same. So I said, okay, and I found a niche there because also most brands back then, they you used to find on the market big designer brands who used to do the jewelry as an accessory on the side. Most of them did not focus on selling jewelry. You know, it was part of a small part of their business. And then uh, as I said, like, look here, I can really, I can really do something here and I can build a brand. But as soon as I started doing it, you know, I mean... I didn't go in with everything set in stone and clear business plan, three-year business. It wasn't like that, true. I mean, I, I start, you start one step at a time, you know. You, I wanted to design my own collection, but first I had to buy stuff ready-made, you know, some things which I would associate to my collection, which I want to associate to my brand. And I started testing them and seeing how they sell, started testing materials, you know. I, I used to sell from my house. And uh, I remember one time during... Christmas Eve, people were still knocking at my door at 10:30, and I said, "No, this is not possible. I'm going to grow, and I'm going to, I'm going, <laughs> I'm going to get a shop." So you, so we bring in that right the way forward. You've you've got a passion for for jewelry. You've decided that's what you want to do. You've you've been spending time immersed in brands, in the big brands, and how brands work. And you find yourself in a two square meter kiosk mm. in Tinia. As, and this was at the same time as the website was going up, or is this? No, we'll, the website was launched six months before. Okay, so the website's doing okay, but you decided that you needed a retail space as well. When you took this uh, kiosk, how old was your daughter at the time? She was barely one, um, one and a half. So you were a brand new mum. Yes. <laughs> with a website and a kiosk. Look, for and who knows me, child. for who knows me, they remember me. Because Francesca, I, I, used to, I had a, a red posture. They know me as the woman, as the lady with the red posture behind the kiosk. <laughs> and she always used to be there with me. Um, and I remember I used to tr- put some stuff on um, um, a throw on the floor so she could play. And I used to get her toys. And I remember... Does she remember it? No, she was too young. <laughs> Maybe, thank God, because she'd consider I, me as a bad mom. Oh, but no. listen, you know, we're talking about this dream. As I said, just to put this in context, you've got a one-year-old, you've got a kiosk, you've, you've launched into this new business. This is your lifeblood. This is where your, your income is coming from. Was there ever a time, you know, maybe when Francesca was crying, when you were having no customers, or did you ever have a bad day and it just felt like everything was against you? And when you did have a bad day, because we all do, what kept you going? I I think I've had a lot of bad days. I was 29 years old in people's eyes, right? When from an outsider's point of view, like, this is what I was told from my mother, you know, from my friends. You left a good paying job um, with an established company where you could possibly have grown and you just lost your mind into creating a, an international jewelry brand. <laughs> creating a vintage is not like just creating any other business. I mean, we had to create the product. We had to create retail space. We have to create the displays, the branding, the videos, the Everything had to be created from scratch. And it took me quite a number of years. So it, in the meantime, you're investing, investing, investing. It took me five years to start making money. 
So in the meantime, you're you're sort of you're walking and you're bleeding, 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 and everyone is telling you like stop, stop, stop. And the only person possibly believing in what you can achieve is yourself. And I always said, and I think this is something which, if I had to put money on something, risk anything, it would be on myself. You know, I I felt I I felt in control at any point in time. I knew what I was doing. I used to study the numbers well. I had issues getting fundings in the beginning with the banks. But it was all there. I had the, the business plan was all there. And you talk about the fact that you, your driver is your belief in yourself, which is phenomenal. Because I think that's, if I that's to be what honest. stops people. Because starting a business is, like you said, incredibly hard. It is incredibly hard. And, but from my point of view, having your business and pursuing your career and what you want to do. And I mean, as a woman, I felt that the business made me who I am, made me a better person because I, this is who I am. I am, I am the, the strategic thinker, you know, the salesperson. I'm the one that, the one that has the business plan in, in her head. It made me a better person because I could be myself. I could bring out my artistic skills, especially finally, because I had been years putting that, setting them back. I, f- I felt back then that art never made, made money, but finally I could put in all the purpose of my life into this business. Regarding bad days, it was that had, was also translating into guilt feeling. Obviously, one needs to give up certain other things. And the bad days were, were when I felt guilty because I'm not spending enough time with my daughter. The bad days were maybe when I felt I was not being a good wife. You know, or, you know, the bad days was when I saw everybody around me struggling to try to support me. But, you know, it was it was tough, very tough. Especially with my daughter. You've been saying that. I can see the emotion on your face. Yeah. And there's a lot of thought that pressure, that we should be good women. We should be good wives. We should be good uh, parents. Good we chefs. Good, yes. We should be good housekeepers. We should be good at everything. And that's just not the case. And we've just had Mother's Day. I'm really mm-hmm. sure you had a good time with your daughter on Mother's Day. Was there a time where there was an awkward moment with the daughter? No. In fact, it took me years to realize that in reality, I was doing motherhood the way I knew how to do it. I mean, I felt bad because maybe I was not present in the way most mothers are I was present in different ways once somebody you know told me Cree come on like look at you I mean okay you're not with your daughter every day but you're teaching her other things like I took Francesca with me everywhere you know she saw me working hard she knows what it takes you know to to be successful to to achieve she's been with me and on business trips to factories to everywhere she knows um and she lives with the team you know she knows everyone she now you know she 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 can feel good vibes bad vibes she knows when when you know she, she she's she's part of 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 the whole business she's part of the company she was born into it so, uh, yes, I, I gave her a different type of motherhood, uh, of parenting, you know. When you mentioned it, when you talked about it, you still looked very emotional. And I think that, that for me, it just struck a chord because I think we as women tend to not be very nice to another successful women. In that we can be very judgmental. Yes, that's very... Uh, and I think that is, whether that's through jealousy or frustration or insecurity. And I'm wondering whether that is 
one of the reasons that, that women don't do so well. I mean, if you still look at statistics in Malta, women at an executive or C-level, they just don't get there. Mm-hmm. Not on the scale that men do. And I'm always wondering if that's because women don't support other women. They might judge and say, yes. hey, well, you know, you've got a great business, but what, what did you do with your daughter when you were growing up? And, that's, and you just rightly said, yes. it's your style of parenting. That's, that what, that's a very painful truth, and that's something which I've experienced myself, in, especially in the beginning of the business. Um, and now there's more awareness. And I mean, I was, I myself dedicated the last, especially the last couple of years, you know. I myself started fighting for it. I mean, first of all, the business was all about empowering my daughter because I wanted her to have the opportunities which I never had. Yes. It happened to me, especially in the in the beginning um, when setting up the business. And I wasn't really understood for what I was and what I was doing. And in fact, usually it's more the father figure doing this, you know. But I wanted my daughter to see. I wanted to lead by, by the example to show her that she can achieve anything she wants or she sets up her mind to achieving, you know. It wants her to live her own dreams, pursue her career, be who she wants to be in life. And not a reflection of any of somebody else or the shadow of somebody else. And this thing of women not supporting each other, yes, it, it, it's a reality. And uh, I see from, from the comments as well I receive, you know, and it, it's, it's sometimes it, it's hurtful because I'm like, I'm trying to pave the way, you know, and for the women who are, who are, the women who are coming after us, for the future generations. Because I believe that us women have so much more to us than just being housekeepers. I mean, it doesn't have to be to the level which I took it. Do you think it's improving as generations move on? Do you think that women are becoming more empowered as we move on from maybe where our grandmothers were, where our mothers are, our generation, and then the generations that come after us? I think we've improved a lot because with regards to awareness to it. But I believe that if there should be an improvement, it has to start from our educational system. You know, my daughter, um, I try to send her, for example, to a mixed school. There, there needs to be a mentality where being a boy to being a girl, there's no difference. You know, why, why is it that there's only ballet and football available at school, for example? Isn't that a way of streamlining them, stereotyping? What, what you're describing right now is a phrase that I've recently heard. Because we've been banding around this phrase feminism for a really long time. And unfortunately, it has um, fairly negative connotations related to it. And I was talking to somebody, we were talking about this idea of feminism. And I've never considered myself to be a feminist. And this woman that I was talking to said, what I would consider myself to be is an equalist. Yes. And all that is, is saying that men and women are equal. I mean, there's no doubt that we are not the same. There are some things that men are stronger at, and there are some things that women are stronger at. But it just means that we're equal. That's what we should be fighting for. I feel like, for example, all right, maybe I wasn't a full present mother like other mothers. But I also gave Francesca the opportunity to to have a very good relationship with her father. 50-50, it wasn't like I had exposure to her more you know like to get with the parenthood together so she had has a very very good relationship with her dad something that really for example sometimes this thing of trying to saying us we we are not um we're not recognized i we shouldn't it, it never crossed in my head we're not recognized because we're women i mean i i just every day like even when i was at work when i got a promotion or anything i never considered myself 
inferior just because I'm anti. I don't want anyone thinking that because I don't even want to hear it in my head. You know, that is small because we're women. We have, no, we are, the, in my head, we are the same. So it's either because it's coming from my childhood and for me, I was never treated, you know, differently from a boy or felt that we are inf an inferior type of species or something. Like in my head, I always had to pull my sleeves up. If, if there's money to get, to bring on the table, I had to do it. If it's cooking, if it's uh, parenting, it's anything I needed to do, it had to be done. I think it's, it's the way that we see things. Like, for example, someone was telling me, but you don't feel like, for example, we have less opportunities than, than men. By, by saying it, by putting out there, by even thinking it, sowing a seed in somebody's head and mm -hmm. he starts doubting himself. But if that, as from early childhood, is seed is never planted, there, there will never be a tree by the end of it. You know, it, it's, it's just a quill uh, type of mentality. I want to ask you something relating to Mother's Day, because we've just had Mother's Day, and you at M Vintage ran a fabulous campaign, and we're talking an awful lot about your daughter and the, the legacy that you want to leave for her. And the, the campaign that you ran was all about uh, mothers and the, their values of mothers and what mothers meant to them. So I just want to ask you two questions. First of all, I want to ask what your mother gave to you and what you want to give to your daughter. My mother gave me resilience. She invested a lot in our education because she, she, she strongly believed in it. And uh, through there, obviously, she, she, was, she never had a business. She never, she never had a job, my mother. <laughs> Neither mine. <laughs> so for her, like the ideal job, I remember... As a mother, and, and I do want it, was going into teaching, you know, being so that I can manage my work and life responsibilities, you know, and have a family and manage both and, you know, have possibly have the Francesca at school with me and then leave home together, cook for the family until she realized that I'm not that type of species. <laughs> it took a bit of, I was like sort of the rebellious one. But how does uh, she see you now? You know, it, it took her. And we had that argument because I, I never felt my mother was proud of me because I felt that I, I didn't, um, it's not about proving yourself, but it's about, um, you know, it's, it's very important that for anyone, I think, that to feel that your parents are proud of you. And we, we were having an argument <laughs> and, and I don't know. And she said, like, you know, now I, I realize how, how proud I am. Yeah, I, I pass through your office building and I, am, and I feel so proud. And I said, Ilaluma, it took you 37 years to say it. Finally, you're saying it. Like, and I, I couldn't, I felt so happy that you finally said it because I feel like I'm a, I'm a daughter, you know, as well. I'm a human. And people, I don't know, sometimes they look at me like I'm a superhero of something, you know, but I'm... I'm I'm a very emotional person. I have a big heart, you know, and, and, and I'm, I'm a normal person behind the, the, the businesswoman I am, which obviously do, at work I have to take tough decisions. I have to be strong, but I, 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 I'm a normal human being, you know. That must have been a defining moment yes, in the relationship I will never between you and your mother. forget that, you know. And uh, Did you feel the weight lifted off your shoulders? <laughs> yes, I, of course, finally, you know, as you could see that I wasn't, I, I wasn't going crazy. <laughs> Bearing in mind that your mother is proud of you and she, she did instill resilience in you, what is it that you want to pass on to your daughter? Um, 
it's the same. You know, I, I just want my daughter. I, find, I, I realize that in life, it's all about finding your happiness. And sometimes you, you need to understand what you want from it. And just sometimes it's not about wanting more and more. It's just finding the place you want to be and being happy with it. My mom always taught us, you know, that you, if you're not happy with one glass of water, how can you be happy with two? And we always, we were brought up in such simplicity. We were always happy at home, you know, and we had nothing, nothing. And Alharis, I tell you, like the things I went through in my childhood, in, sometimes I thank God I went through them because the, the hard experiences in life are, which are what people conceive as my strengths. You know, this is why they see me strong because I've been through such hard times that then sometimes when you're going through certain things or you think you know how to handle them better because you've been there and people like myself or the, the people we conceive as strong are because they've done so many mistakes and they've had to get up from the, from the ground, you know, so many times, lift themselves up and start afresh and move on. That in the end, you know, these are the experiences that make you, make you stronger. And sometimes I, I think also that that is when we grow, when we're going through the hard times. So when we're going through the hard times, that is when you don't have to stop, but that is when you have to keep fighting. But don't you think nowadays I see a lot of parents whose children go through hard times and the parents want to step in and stop them from experiencing challenges because you want to love them. But mm -hmm. you have just nailed it right on the head that challenges are what make your character. Do you think you'll be able to do that for your daughter if, you, if she's do. having a hard I do time? That. I do that. I try to protect her because that comes naturally through. I mean, without wanting, you know, today she had an argument with a friend and she came heartbroken. Uh, what did I do? I called her mother ah! to try to fix it for her because it's very hard. And sometimes I feel, all right, I, 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 what my mother did not do for me, she did not pave my way. She did not, I did not start off in a family business and what I wanted to do for Francesca, not give her the business because I always had in mind Maybe she does not, maybe this is not her area. Maybe by the time she'll hate the business, seeing how much it took her mother away from her. I don't know. So everything goes through my head. I can hear, I can see in your expression, there's like all these crazy, you know, amazing thoughts going on. You are a woman who thinks about things very deeply. <laughs> yes, I think so. No, but what I wanted to, I wanted to pave the way to her, for her, for the way she needs to act, you know, her, her, her mental thought. She can be free to do and take decisions in her life and to, to take her risks, you know, and as long as she knows what she's doing, as long as she can, have, she has her vision, you know, just go for it because in the end of the day it's as i said it's it's all about happiness no matter how simple or complex that that happiness might be you know i think that's what everybody is chasing and no matter if you're a man or a woman and there shouldn't be any any differences between us but as you pointed out the the challenges and the disappointments are also as as important as accomplishments because that's what builds our character I really hope, you know, that uh, Francesca goes on and she <laughs> she has a, a wild and amazing career, whether that's with um, Vintage or not, because I can see the passion uh, in on your face for her. I want to wrap up by asking you, um, Vintage, where would you like to see this go? You talked about an international brand just a minute ago. And I also want to find out what is the secret of Vintage's success? What What has made this work? Look, when I was young, my mother used to say, 
in business, there are two things which you need to have. One is money, and the second one is luck. I always used to be upset with her, and I said, Ma, luck is nothing to do with it. It's hard work, which is true. It's a lot of hard work, but luck is always, also plays in. And now, going back, I realize. And I was lucky, mainly because of the success of the brand. I'm not the only person running this brand. The brand is run by a team of people who are as important as, as I am. I, I am. I am the captain of the ship, but I'm not the one who rows the ship every day. And I think my luck was in meeting such brilliant, a brilliant team and setting, uh, setting them together and being able to put them, uh, identifying each and every one of, of their potential and developing that further and further throughout the years and uh, building on it. And I think if it wasn't for that, if God did not, it was, I always tell them sometimes when we're having a rough day, I say, God does not know what he's doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> especially during COVID, I'm like one after the other, like another one. I go, uh, but say, okay, okay, he's back, he's back today, <laughs> he's back. I tell them, no, it, it's a joke, but but which, which we do, but the team is is so fundamental in everything, like in in everything we do. It's it's a family. It's it's, uh, and you you build the whole brand on on the team on on the same values that you have inside, and uh, you come. We want. We want Vintage to create a community of women who are, who are working together, who appreciate that it's a group of women working together and for other women, you know, setting there the example and being there as a, as a, as a face to how we should be, how our community should be. And uh, we want to bring together a community of people who want to work more on philanthropic um, causes, you know, and supporting women in their educational, um, especially in education. So that showing them that we believe that you, we, we're putting our money on you because we believe that you, you know, can, can succeed. You can be someone, you can grow. I've, I've, I mean, if you, see, if you see how I was brought up in the beginning, you know, I remember once I had this experience at school. And the teachers and the kids were doing our levels, and everybody was oh, so terrified and like, oh, miss, we're not gonna pass. And saying, I go, Ziff. you know, it was an English-speaking church school. And she said, look, she said, as if everyone, you're English-speaking church school here, as if you're scared of, you know, not passing an English exam. And then she halted and she looks at me and she said, maybe one person only is not gonna pass this. And she looked at me. Some people would be like, okay, like really demotivated by everything put down, but I really take that as you know as we said the worst experiences I, I felt I was obviously I took it really badly but first of all I felt challenged I said oh no I'm not gonna prove her right and secondly I, I look back now and I say Lalu you know I was the person no one would bet would ever manage to succeed and I still managed you know and today I try to inspire other other women you know like if I managed no one would have bet on me on ever managing to, do, to achieve anything in my life. Like, anyone can do it. So tell me, Crystal Penza, how high is the sky? <laughs> the sky has no limits. <laughs> so we're going to see in vintage grow and grow and grow. I hope so. I'm not, I'm not, nothing is going to stop me through. I'm fully determined. <laughs> I have no doubt. Crystal, thank you so much for giving your time to this podcast. I'm really excited for this series that we're going to be doing together. I'm excited because we've got some incredible women lined up. And just listening to you, I'm inspired, and I'm fairly sure that through this, we're going to be inspiring other women as Go well. Go get it through. 